What we're hearing are the opening bars of an orchestral piece written and orchestrated by 11-year-old Saivar Rodin, who's just one of thousands of students in the Very Young Composer program here at the New York Philharmonic. Children writing for the symphony orchestra? How did all this come about? Well, let's find out. Hi, I'm John Deke. I'm a musician, a composer, longtime member of the New York Philharmonic, and a believer in the power of children. This is a story I'm going to tell. This right here is the overture. So, yeah, it's a musical story, but it's more than that, too. It's actually a love letter to children. Well, and young people, too. And if adults want to listen in and take part, they are welcome as well. Hmm, how to begin? Well, for starters, what's it about? <laughs> for one thing, it's the occasion, the 25th anniversary of the founding of the Very Young Composers program, which has become a worldwide phenomenon. That's quite an occasion, a milestone, right? 25 years is a long time for sure, but its origins go back even further than that. This is not simply the story of a music program. It is, if you'll allow me, nothing less than the narrative of a new way to empower the creative voice of children and young people. A voice which the world, in all its crazy state of crisis and danger, urgently needs. And the means of this expression? The symphony orchestra. The years have only strengthened my conviction that the symphony orchestra, bands and ensembles in all their combinations, forms and idioms, not always classical by a long shot, but that these groupings of live musicians contain the spiritual core of what it means to be alive and remains the greatest cultural achievement in the history of humanity. <laughs> so there. As a young musician, as a composer, even then, I was always questioning what music and art meant to me and to others. And in particular, I had questions about the future of music. For example, where will the new orchestral music of the future come from? And what is children's music? That is, could children compose directly and unedited for ensembles and even the orchestra? And could this music be of such profound substance that it might enrich the repertoire of the symphony orchestra, inspire composers and audiences, and bind us more closely to the community which we serve? Hmm. Heavy questions, for sure. And vital ones to me, since almost my whole life has been dedicated to the orchestra. These questions had great effect on the shape that the very young composers, or we could say VYC for short, that the very young composers ultimately took. These questions are mainly aimed at young people, as I say, but they do concern all, all of us. So then, welcome. Sit right down and we'll get to know each other. We'll begin by figuring out how the VYC program came to be. How did it become a worldwide movement with hundreds of teaching artists, critical acclaim empowering the lives of thousands of children, you children, enabling you to write for symphony orchestras, bands, ensembles, and hopefully enriching their repertoires? And why tell this story? Why? Well, 
because it matters. It's important because you, our youngest generation, matter. Art matters. Orchestras matter because they can express some of our deepest thoughts, joys, and fears. They can reflect to us what it's like to be human, those things we have done wonderfully and uh, not so wonderfully. But don't worry about that now. If you just follow me, I'll lead you back into the deep woods, the mountains, and the music of my own childhood. Lots of crazy, fun, scary stories. And possibly together we can figure out what all this means and where it might lead us. So I need you. Our success can only exist because of your voice, your music, your creations. In a series of posts, or scenes as we'll call them, we'll discover just how and why the concept of the VYC took shape and became so clearly transformative. This journey will have the help of many of you who have taken part in the VYC, as well as our teaching artists, parents, patrons, administrators. You'll actually hear their voices as well, not just mine, and perhaps some of their music too. Cool. I'll put most of the thank yous and the credits at the end of this narrative, but first and up front, I want to express my gratitude to the New York Philharmonic, my ideal since childhood, my love, my employer, my partner, and my source of inspiration for well over the past half century. Also, more than I can possibly express the inspiration of my own family and children, Jackie, Alex, Nikki, Forrest, Selena, I also want to thank Wendy Law for encouraging me to begin this whole project. Thus endeth the overture. Ta-da! But shh! The curtain is about to rise and clouds of mist are taking us back, back to the beginning. The scene then is this. Going far back in time, before computers and even television, a little boy, me, living in rural Indiana, has begged his parents for a piano. They save up to buy a used upright and piano lessons from old Mrs. Kepke in the next town. I was grateful and excited. Well, I was no genius by a long shot, but like many kids, I loved to play with sounds and stories just as much as with toys and I would improvise imitations of the sounds of the waves on Lake Michigan, the animals, the birds, the sound of the wind in a thunderstorm, or my dad's rattly old Studebaker as he backed out of the driveway. In those days, it really bothered me as a child how adults so often would talk down to us kids, including the quote-unquote children's music they played or sang for us, as if we couldn't be expected to understand anything more complex than Mary had a little lamb or hot cross bones. Now, of course, not to say that these weren't fun tunes. They certainly were fun. But they were hardly children's music, you know what I mean? It was music by adults supposedly for children. So anyway, I took the piano lessons and did my best. And sometimes I would change some of the notes in my John Thompson's Teaching Little Fingers to Play piano lesson books. But old Mrs. Kepke, she would clap her hands in delight whenever I would alter the lesson in any way, as silly as it may have seemed. Only later 
did I realize how empowering this was. And I tried to carry that delighted hand-clapping of Mrs. Kepke with me as we later moved to Chicago and I studied with a much more prestigious teacher. And on the contrary, this teacher would look with horror at such liberties and scoff. Who do you think you are, Mozart? 